Do you remember the song OPP by Naughty by Nature in the 90s? I want to talk about this as a jumping off point in creating a little bit more fame, creating your own fame, and stepping into massive visibility with a sacred fame. And you already know that sacred fame is not like any fame. This is a higher a higher mission per se. And so I want to give you some of the most powerful little nuggets that I've learned along the way. Let's take it to 1991 OPP. Welcome to Metaphysics of Photography Podcast, where we discuss elevated personal branding for mystical misfits and rock stars, as in crystals. I am Adanis, also known as Ultra, your host. Let's get started. Now, I considered starting the episode with the song, but I didn't want to step into any weird copyrights laws. So go ahead, when you have a chance, um, if you remember the song, <laughs> um, you know, go take a, a little trip down memory lane and watch the video, get reacquainted with the song. Um, if you've never heard it, um, go ahead and Google Naughty by Nature. Um, OPP is from 1991. It's hip hop and rap. And you can experience it for the first time. And that's what we're kind of talking about today. We're going to talk about other people's... Well, that last part is not that simple. Okay, let me first go into the song or the rap. I don't know. Yeah, the song. Because this is literally where the concept for me comes from. And so OPP is talking about the first O is for other people. The other, the next letter is P is like people, right? Like other people, O and P. And then the last one is for the most intimate part of a woman that starts with the letter P. Yeah, you know, you know, the kitty cat. There's a part of the song that says, have you ever met a girl like you're at a party and, you know, she's got a man and all you want is to bang, right? Like all you want to do is go to bed and that's it. Um, and you're down, right? The song is called like, you're down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. And so kind of that's like the, the lyrics. And um, it's interesting. You just have a lot of like interesting concepts like memberships and it's very creative and it's definitely a banger, right? Like it's something that you enjoy like dancing to and blah 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 all the things but how I like to connect my <laughs> metaphysics my photography and the work that I do is really by combining things making it easy right it's it's essentially modern mysticism where it's not where you have a completely segregated life right like you're at a monastery you're at a you know you know you're at a location far away from humanity um not humanity but like regular humans in tantra you know um eastern tantra not anything to do with like sexual practices or sexuality but more of the yoga uh tantric yoga um one of the things that is really important and why it came about was because religion and um meditation and all these things um were for monks essentially they were for special people it's almost like in the bible you have the scribes well, they were, they were, they could write. Nobody else could write. They could write. They could um, copy down and take notation. And so 
So Tantra actually was a need of the people, the working people, the people who were having kids, living life, having to work, and they just couldn't spend hours and hours meditating. And this kind of emergence of this spirituality came, it's almost for like the average man, the person who's not going to go up in a mountain and, um, you know, take a trip and, and trip on like, you know, plant medicine. This is a person who's like, look, I have 12 kids and I um, make my own little beads that I sell. So I'm a business, an entrepreneur, and I have this life to take care of. And as much as I would love to be able to disengage and go meditate for hours and do these elaborate practices that also required back in the day. And remember, everything we can learn now, um, I was talking a little bit about the um i have a hard time saying this word because of my accent so i think it's called morphogenetic field okay i talked a little bit about that yesterday i will be talking more about that but it is this field it's this environment where things get easier just because there's more people doing it this is the power of momentum right like you get one person in a room doing one thing and then you get a group full of people doing the same thing and the learning curve just at the biological level meaning you don't even have to teach each other how to do it just by simply being in the state of this group you have this you enter into this field it's an electromagnetic reality per se and you enter together and it amplifies the power and it is quite quite powerful and you may find um, uh, where you may have a, joined a program or a, a coaching container or something where while you were in the container, you were doing amazing. And a lot of times people give accountability too much credit, even though accountability is so powerful and is so important. But you only really need external accountability when you haven't built that internal discipline. And discipline really comes not from habit. Habit comes from habit, right? Habit comes from repetition, but discipline comes from doing what's right, knowing that you have to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's a little bit less personal and it's a little bit less about a habit. It's more about a devotion. It's more about a decision. It's a little bit uh, more sophisticated, if you will. Nonetheless, a lot of times people believe that the power is in that proximity to the coach. Yes, that too. Sometimes people believe there is in the mastermind the proximity and the closeness of the other people who are quote unquote at the same level growing together, learning together. Yes, but this is where the morphogenetic field is it's the thing I'm talking about. Like this is where your energy is amplified by the nature of being in this field, right? So there's nothing to do, nothing to acquire, nothing to learn. You're not helping each other. You're not teaching each other. You're simply being in this environment where you are leveraging each other's energy. The power of momentum makes it to where your unique individual energy comes together with everybody else's. And there's this form of um, communication, right? Right? that does not require the senses and it's just um it's almost borderline magical um i've seen we've seen this in in herds or the the uh, school of fish where they all turn together they're all swimming in like a pack like a school and there's no one you know there's no one specific one bird or one fish directing they're all kind of moving in unison bats do it too a lot of creatures do it 
So what's really powerful about understanding this is that there is, yes, there's power in proximity, but it also that has to do a little bit more about your belief. Like there is a belief that if you're close to your mentor because you paid her, and it's so weird because your mentor can live in China and you can live in Peru. And the moment that you enter like what what is called a high, high touch container or high proximity container, you're not really any closer you're just paying higher money and maybe <sighs> weird it's weird because we're, we're talking about access well you have more access to me not entirely maybe i can talk to you on the phone more but it's we're not in the same location so you can see that that alone is like a belief system you can nurture that and that if that works for you i would never want you to change that if you believe that proximity to your coach helps you it will and here's the thing it actually does it does you know energy um has a resonance and it calibrates each other it's like a guitar and a tuning fork you hit that tuning fork that guitar string correlating to that same uh, note is going to move purely by resonance purely by proximity right but what i want you to know is that there's more power in certain things And so you can feel more confident in your success, right? The power, the really powerful thing that happens is because you enter with your coach, with your teammates, with your group, with your mastermind sisters, you enter into the the field. I have to change that name because morpho, into the morpho field. I'm gonna have to just say morpho. My tongue and my accent, why do you do this to me? Okay. So I want you to know that there's like the power is in the field. Ah, and the field is made up by people. We can translate this information now and take it from the metaphysical straight into the physical. We could go straight into the marketing and we can just be like your audience, your fans, your followers, whatever terminology you feel comfortable with using. Now, when it comes to creating fame, you can take a million ways, a million paths. Um, You can borrow little tiny things from everybody, which is basically what I do. Every single time there's a course, a program or something I learn, I include it to something that's already working that I'm already building on. Um, So it's almost like if you have a solid structure for a house and you build this house, but suddenly you're just like, hmm. We had a baby, we need an extra room, and then you just add a room. And you're like, you know, I actually would love to have a library, and then you add a library. Now, this house continues to get bigger and bigger as your desires for more experiences and your need for those experiences increases. You make the decision to make your house bigger, right? What I really want to harp on right now is that there is power in the group, in more than two people, right? I'm pretty sure the Bible's like, wherever there's more than two people, that God is there as well, or the presence of God, or Christ consciousness, or you enter the morpho, the morpho, the morpho field. You enter into this environment that the, the entire purpose of that environment is so there is accelerated learning with the least amount of effort. So let's give credit with credit is due. Sometimes I feel like we glorify our leaders and our mentors and our coaches so much and we forget the power is in us. And as much as that leader is empowering you and helping you, you are helping them because without your money, they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing at the scale that they're doing it, right? So remember that every single time you feel so lucky and so powerful and so... um. 
so I feel like lucky is the only word that's coming through. Anytime you feel so fortunate, so lucky because you're in close proximity to someone, know this instantaneously and simultaneously, they are lucky to have you in, 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 in their lives. We need to shift this power dynamic between coach and mentee and things like that. Like you are adding on to them and they're adding into onto you, especially if you understand how the way that sacred contracts work, there's no hierarchy. That coach did not come in and teach you something without you also teaching that coach something. It is just the law, right? It's just how it is. Like attracts, like vibration attracts like vibration. If you're, if you um are inspired or in a container with people that inspire you, you've entered into this field and it's really powerful. And so if you're ever debating whether you should enter into a program or doing it on your own, and I've created some programs that are like that, like, well, we can do it live together, um, which gives you access to the recordings, but we also have that one-on-one interaction and it's personal and it's high touch. Or you could just watch the recording and then do it on your own time. I know that for me, for a long time, I needed to be the lone wolf. I needed to sort it out for myself. And um, that's where I needed to go. There was other times where I can very clearly see that being in a container with other powerful people made the experience more enjoyable, more pleasant, more fun, and more powerful. Remember that pleasure and fun are power amplifiers, kind of like fear amplifies like negative manifestation right it's the same it's the same context it amplifies it expands on on what already is i want to create a really solid foundation for why we're using the opp model other people's p but guess what we don't have to be super super naughty even though i love other people's p because i think that what makes um uh, especially magic and sex magic, really powerful and ecstatic alchemy, which is my own sex magic practice. Um, I think what makes it um, so powerful is that there's a sl- slight, naughty, secretive, little like, f- like a primal like energy that is attached to a practice like that because we are using orgasmic and, and sexual energy to manifest all the things, and it just feels so good. It's such a such a holistic, beautiful practice i am going to be talking more about using orgasmic energy to manifest more fame because everything that i talk about it it only falls into two categories right creating things or oh my god it's only one category (laughs) i thought it was like creating this or creating that but i was like wait creating is creating is creating right so creating art is creating creating courses is creating 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 is creating so then I was like, well, I also like to fantasize. Well, that, that's a creation within itself. That fantasy, that ideology of this ideal reality that you're manifesting is a creation within itself. So ultimately, we are only here to create. Create, so trying to create something, creating things gives us an opportunity to grow because in that um, wanting to create, we're going to learn. I was just telling someone, um, a really powerful story. This is a young man who was really talented, like genius level. Um, something happened in his life where the career didn't turn out. And he just kind of seemed like he gave up on his career for, for a while. And then something reawakened this creativity. And now there's amazing opportunities. And the crazy thing is that 
if you look at the story before the story has like that like that comeback um it just looks like tragedy you're looking at this kid and you're like he's so he's so talented like how is he doing nothing with his life and here's the thing about life and i want you to get really excited about this every single time you're going through a challenge imagine that your story is a book and it has a happy ending right? The results, the end is never in doubt. So your book has a happy ending right now. You're in the part of the book that is like plot twist, right? This is where just like, holy crap. But remember all good books and all good stories have that moment of that catalytic moment of like, I need to make a decision for myself and I need to make a decision probably separate than anything that I ever been taught. I have to discover something about why I'm here. It's really powerful. It's really cool. So this young man was going to do some art that he thought was going to take a month or maybe two or maybe three. And it wasn't until like nearly an entire year later when this project was complete. And just working on this artistic project, just creating has dramatically and instantaneously changed his life. He had massive focus on a project. Now, the funny thing is like he didn't set out to do this project to change the world. He didn't set out on this cre- creative um, project to do anything but to do it, to express. We had conversations. It's like, well, are you going to, you know, be depressed or can you make art and see what happens? Are you going to be angry or should you make some art with that anger and see what happens? I think art's so freaking stunning and beautiful because you can have pain and sorrow and start painting or start singing or start composing or start dancing and you transmute that energy into love. You, I, I've seen dancers start with anger and passion and exhaust and dance until they're exhausted, until they are in this delirium of joy exhausted pleasure because they expressed all all those emotions all those feelings through their art and then it never ever ever has to be something negative we never like all the anger that you have to people you never have to tell them like hey you suck you simply go and make some art you can dedicate it to them you can dedicate it to the anger you can honor it but you can take every uncomfortable emotion and put it to work for you and make good freaking art even if it's the sad poems and if it's sad songs there's power in resonance right if somebody's going through a heartbreak and you have a beautiful heartbreaking song that's gonna have help them heal that's gonna help them like whatever it doesn't matter they're gonna feel something well i believe it's your duty to get that song out there oh, let's start talking about the opp other people's p okay i'm gonna pull up my notes where are my notes about this i literally just saw and i was like where did i okay i really wanted to anchor in the power of the morpho field i really wanted you to understand the power of um even in a more um psychological perspective um it could be the bandwagon effect, right? That's actually a luxury art- archetype. A luxury archetype is the bandwagon, like, people that they jump on trends, they jump on, you know, whatever it is. Now, this is not bad or negative, but these are people who just love the trends, love to explore new things, and they like to try new things. This is not a negative context at all. 
but it is it does express a, a psychological social norm which is for some people which is to um follow kind of like the masses um what else and even um the isn't it like the crowd effect i don't remember exactly the term but i thought i saw it in like french revolution or some shit i'm not like a history buff but i do like me a good documentary um anyways but it's about like that oh mob mentality <laughs> i figured it out mob mentality again it sounds horrible but it really is it ex- explains the phenomena that happens when people uh group together it is just a, it is a phenomenon because sometimes it's hard to understand but there have been uh experiments to see how people respond to peer pressure and group and for example they had an experiment where everybody got to to say you know they all looked at these lines and they all were to say which one was the shortest right but the group would be controlled and every single one person in the group except the one that's being tested except the guinea pig guy everybody will be in on the experiment and they will intentionally not select the shortest one and then they will ask the one person who is the test subject which one's the shortest one after they have um other people revealed their response to see what do they say they're like no you know there's like 90 people say that it is shorter or not and you have to oppose all those people and they study the pressure of that what makes a person and it really starts with doubt it's so interesting because what happens is you you see which one's the shortest but because every single other person all the everybody in the room selected the incorrect one according to you 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 don't tell you don't say like oh they're fucked up they're stupid 30 people 90 people are wrong no you immediately question yourself so this is another way that we have to start to shift our mindset and our perspective this one is really really hard this one is like when everybody believed the world was flat and one person was like it's round and everybody clowned him everybody's like you are cool you're insane it's flat clearly look look we're walking straight look at us walking straight <laughs> you're so dumb right to know that that was the truth indeed it was purely observational i mean if you see the sun and other planets even with the naked eye you can see that the sun is round even if you burn your corneas off okay so mystics magical beings in this world where we combine metaphysics and marketing we utilize photography to craft this beautiful brand and we use everything that we can learn about the energetics and the spiritual to improve our physical life if you are esoterical if you are mystical if you are religious if you are christian and if you are spiritual if you're into i don't care what you call yourself if your life is not better than other people's you don't got the secret it's not working bitch it's not working you can blame god well it's not in god's will you can blame god all you want to but i know this one thing a loving god which is probably the premise of all religions a kind loving power god does not want you to fail does not want you to suffer i as a mom do not want my children to fail or to suffer in any way now if i as a human being a quote unquote lesser being 
right? If I can feel that way, if I can be good for my children because of love, right? Even the Bible says, like, what do you think God feels for us? And it's a complete um, insanity for you to believe that God is love and also want to hurt us. And I think that religious religion had a really powerful purpose when people couldn't explain things. And I think it served them really well. Right? That's why myths are really powerful. But the idea is that um, it's almost like Spider-Man, right? With great power comes with great responsibility. If you have the power, it is your responsibility to make sure that you're educated, not just in the ways of the world, but in the worries of the cosmic world, the cosmic order, right? It is, it is your duty, And I very strongly believe that if you are a messenger of the divine, it is your duty to get famous. What else, how else are you going to make the biggest impact that you can make? People don't know who you are. This is not vanity. This is not ego. This is common sense. The more people that know who you are, the more people that can learn from you, the more people that have you as an inspiration. And baby girl, if you're a woman of color, you are needed. You have no idea what happens to me even at 45 years old when I see J-Lo, Rosie Perez, those are two Puerto Rican women. When I see a Selma Hayek, Mexican woman, when I see them have this success that feels so impossible and so unattainable to a little Puerto Rican woman, I set my sight on the idea that these little Puerto Rican women, these women that came before me, they did it. So it is possible. And I lock in and I focus. Because if I desire a true conscious awakening for the entire world, and I think even desiring that is ego. So I think that once you really step out of ego, you don't want to change anything. And I kind of had a little bit of that experience today. I wonder if I had like a little mini awakening because I had this, I found myself stuck. I was trying to um, do releasing and do energy work on a problem And it was just like, get rid of the problem, right? In my mind, we're going to get rid of this problem. And then I thought about the problem and I was like, well, I can't get rid of that problem because that problem helps me grow. Um, I can't get rid of this problem because that problem helps me grow. I can't. And then suddenly there wasn't a single problem. As hard as that is to say and comprehend in the logical sense, there wasn't a single problem that I was wanting to give up because suddenly I got what the ancient text said, count it all joy. When facing trials and tribulation, everything works out for your good. Every freaking thing. If you think the shadow is out to hurt you, you're fucking missing it. You're fucking missing it. Because the shadow may be brutal. And she might be sneaky and crazy and mysterious and scary. But she's a guardian. She's a guardian. She's your guardian. Shadow, like love and respect and instead of thinking the shadow is trying to trick you what if you think the shadow is then showing you almost like the opposite almost like you know when you think of christmas and they have like the the different um scrooge that movie where the different um ghosts come and visit and the i think there's like the ghost of the future and he was like dead in the grave <laughs> anyways i go off on tangents you already know Let's get back to OPP. So in my world, the last P start stands for public, not pussy. Pussy's cool, though. You know, you can use that if you like it. But that is what it stands for. It stands for other people's public. 
right? We started this conversation with the morpho field so you understand the power of the field. Because once you understand the power of the field, then you understand the power of why this is the way to go and not to build your own audience. You understand? Okay, I want to give you an example. When you go to the movie theaters to see an actor in a movie that you love, you don't go to their house and you don't become their friends. You go to the movie theaters. You play that movie at the movie theater where people go watch movies, where people already are going, where people are already going to be there and they already looking to watch your movie. Not because they like you or whatever, because they already like watching movies. If they like you, then they'll make the effort to go to the movie theaters, right? Versus waiting for it to come out and streaming or whatever. It's a little bit more effort nowadays to go to the movie theaters when everything's so accessible to your house. Because I'd much rather watch a movie in my house. And I can make my room super dark. I have a big TV in my room. I can get cozy under the blankets. I can eat all the junk food that I want. It feels better. And I don't have to go anywhere. (laughs) Oh, lazy is bliss. Okay. So other people's public. That is super powerful and this is the way you want to get famous quickly this is the way building your own audience let me tell you something i don't know how effective these strategies from back in the day are now when people were building these like crazy communities right millions and millions of followers if you were already a a star then obviously but like these influencers who were essentially uh, unknown and suddenly became the most powerful people. They were getting sponsorships. They were getting like, oh my God, you have a million followers. They're listening to you. They buy your stuff. We, you know, it became an um, advertising and marketing channel. And it just became really clear that you have more control over your life and the things you want to do if there's an audience and if you have that audience. But here's the thing. Back in the day, we're talking about not the algorithm as we know it now. We're talking when everything just started popping and people could use organic and sharing and things like that. And those things still really work. But because every um, social media platform has been um, first created to create a lot of momentum and a lot of desire and a lot of fun, so then it could be monetized, then everything has a transition, right? So that doesn't, it just means that whatever you did at the beginning of the app of the new service whatever it is the new social media platform they already changed it and that was the plan all along it's not like oh they're assholes we used to be able to post all these things and now we can't know they you're a sucker right like you got you sucker that means that they were they they know how to play the long game right they know how to build rapport meaning it's, it, it's such a mind fuckery too because they're utilizing other people to keep you on the platform and we're ju- they're just utilizing each other. They don't really have to do, once the program's programmed, you don't, they don't have to do anything. They have robots to monitor like the activities they don't like. It's just pretty automated and it's a cash cow, man. It just makes money. It's, it's just, and, and that's okay. I respect the system, right? Um... It's fun. And we, I think that the best way to use social media is to really use social media and, and come at it from this perspective and this understanding. They're using you. 
And we can create a symbiotic relationship where it's like, oh, okay, you're going to use my content, my genius, what I say, my value, my entertainment. You're going to use it to keep people on your platform so you can make money. Okay, well, I am going to make money off of you. I don't necessarily love paying social media for ads. I think that where I stand right now, 2023, I could change my mind later. But where I stand right now is that the only um, paid stuff you should do in social media is just boosting something. And um, I think for now, that is the safest bet. For me, because boosting a post that you're already, um, you know, a post, not necessarily an ad, boosting something is just you saying, I want more eyes on this, right? This is more visibility. And there isn't this like, sign up here and get my free thing. I'm going to blow your mind. Um, you're literally saying to the algorithm, right, by utilizing a boost, which is a form of, of advertisement, you're saying, I just need more eyes on this. That's it. I'm not trying to kick people out of your platform. I'm not trying to sell them anything. I just want more eyes on this. And then your job is to utilize um, your own content um, to just generate curiosity and to change beliefs, right? Every single conversation that I have with you should be changing your mind about any misconceptions that you have about creating fame, about branding, about metaphysics, about photography. That is the only job that I need to, to do is because I actually believe that if I help you understand what I know, what I know to be true, what my magic sauce and, and my secret powers are and how I combine them and how you and I can do something really special. If I can just talk to you about that, you will naturally say, hey, I want to work with you. And that just feels so much better because a sale like that, which by the way, is mostly how I get sales. It's, it's incredible. And when I do like high ticket and photography, I, people literally are just like, Hey, so I'm looking for a photographer and so-and-so told me to check out your work. I went on your website. I love what I saw. Can we get on the call? And I'm like, oh yeah. Then I talk and I'm like, oh my God, da -da -da, this and that. And then we vibe and then they book the call. Now, a lot of times or sometimes they're not necessarily paying on there. But when you have, when you really are playing this relationship when you are doing things because you want to actually help people and you are a healer right so you're going to contribute healing um the universe the world whatever is required you're volunteering for the mission you are coded and made for it you know it's so much more than just taking a photo you know it's so much more than copy you know it's so much more than branding you know it's so much more than habit stacking you know there's so much more than fitness and exercise and dieting it's so much more it's so much more okay i think i've done a pretty good job at you know supporting the idea that groups the mob mentality the bandwagon followers fans communities and audience um all those things call it whatever makes you feel less annoying um, I don't like the term followers because I grew up in the 90s and that was like bad. Like you would, didn't want to be a follower. So I, I know it, it means something else in, in modern terms, but you know, I don't like it. You know, I don't have to like it. Mm. Taking a sip of my bubbly. Okay. So let's talk about other people's publics. Now that we have a really strong foundation as to why 
this is a shortcut to fame building your own public especially organic first of all i want you to build it organically yes you can pay yes you can do a bunch of stuff but if you are just generating leads only from paid and it, this is this is not for everybody i want you to understand this is how i feel and how i the people i work with which are spiritual intuitives and mystics how a lot of times they feel too but this is not like some type of hard rule a lot of times we don't necessarily love working with advertisement and one of the hang-ups that i see is just this idea this concept of um, transactional things so building an uh, engaged community organically is less transactional it's not like i paid someone so i can advertise you it, it really does feel a little bit more like you know what i really want to build community i really want to be a part of something bigger i really want to share my message with people i also don't resonate with all with people talking a whole lot about being a leader I think a leader is defined by um, by the follower, not by the leader. The leader can say, I am the leader. I mean, how many people say they're leaders and they they don't have a following? They don't. So sometimes we just say things and we, you know, kind of mutilate the meaning of things by, by utilizing them out of context. Other people's public. We understand that the morphic, the mor- more... Morphic? We understand the morphogenetic field and its incredible freaking power. It is undeniable and uncontrollable. It just happens. It's a little bit like that um, the power of grace. You just get grace. You just get to get your lucky break. You just get to get miracles. Grace is fucking phenomenal. We should really, really lean into grace, especially when we're, we feel doubt and we don't know what to do. We're just like, but you know what? Grace is like this law that says, you know what? No matter what, it's going to work out. You can fuck up. Yeah, it's okay. It's going to work out, right? The idea is that you're just learning. So there's no, there's no point in penalizing you for, for learning, you know? Okay, so other people's public. We know that that's a powerful um, environment. And we know that it maybe was easy to build a platform, um, a, an audience before. And it certainly, here's the secret. It certainly is going to be a lot easier to build something at the baby stages of social media because social media, a social media platform has a monetization strategy. If you know that ahead of the game, then you can get, when a new social media comes out, you want to get on that because what they're going to do is the algorithm is going to be different. Then they're going to change it when their platform is popular and get a, you know, get a lot of um, users. Then they're going to start to activate the monetization strategy. It is built in and it is always the same. There is never going to be a social media platform that does not use a monetization strategy. We are not evolved at that level as human beings just yet. I think that the closest to it is probably just the internet, but um, the internet just has like anything. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a highway of everything. So we have this perfect, like the perfect storm, meaning that if you find yourself in an audience with, you know, with people, engaged people, that everything you help them with and help them through, not only are they going to be massively successful, but they're going to learn so much faster than you. 
and anybody that came before you and the bigger the group or the more uh, powerful the container and i mean that because sometimes quantity over quality quality over quantity it depends right but the more powerful the container then the more powerful it is for every single person in the container this is really 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 powerful stuff for you to really really understand what happens now let's fast forward from okay well i never built an audience when it was easy and now i feel like i'm a little bit late to the game what should i do what can i do here's the path of least resistance or i think fastest like to fast track your fame um you use other people's public you use the opp how where do you find other people's publics publics well they're freaking everywhere they're everywhere groups social media i mean they are everywhere and you can use um, a group which you are not the leader which you are not the creator and you contributing in that group guess what you're doing you're creating fame with a group of people who someone else already cared for somebody nurtured somebody already did the hard work you come in right so for example i'm thinking of a um a group that's like thirty thousand people do you think that it's easier right because the path of least resistance where belief systems come from is how hard things are so let's just go for well how easy can it be it seems like for me in my perspective building audience from scratch like i feel like i missed the mark i'm like ah also I don't like the idea. I feel like a lot of groups need a lot of babysitting, right? Like they need moderators. They need to pump out content. They need to keep people engaged. And I was like, oh, monkey dance, dance monkey, dance monkey. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to really hold a container, like a group, like a Facebook group, hold that responsibility just yet. I don't know if I would ever want to, but I know that I need an audience that I can talk to, that I can put my heart into because what I have to say is freaking important and it could change your life forever. And if it doesn't, I at the very least did my duty to God, to the divine power that was to share the message. And I am not getting rewarded by what people think of me. I'm getting rewarded by the bravery and courage that I have to go and do the thing that I need to do. The, the, the thing you need to do comes from discipline. You do it because you know it's the right thing to do, because you have to do it, because it's your duty. As you're doing this, you also get to build a habit. Because the more that you do something on a daily basis, the more habitual it becomes, the easier it becomes. Duh! I'm telling you that if you want to be a rock star podcaster, within two weeks, you can, if you podcast every single day, within two weeks without needing to read anything about podcasting, you will be great at it. Within a month, you will be spectacular. And within within a few months, mastery. You will be able to ace any conversation. You will be able to talk about the most important points without losing track. You will be completely in the habit of talking about the thing that you have to talk about. And you may have found a shortcut, a way, a ease with it. Because you built a habit, but you had to do it on the backbone of discipline. You did it because it was the right thing to do. You knew you had to do it. This was part of your mission. You have that level of integrity. That's why you're creating sacred frame. It's not just like creating fame. You can become famous for anything. Like, I mean, you could do a sex tape and leak it and get eyes on you all the time. You can start an OnlyFans page. I mean, what type of fame... What, 
matters like what you want to do why you want that platform matters and if you are a spiritual person probably is because you are how you have to do some type of healing work um in the world the healing work here's the here's what's beautiful that sometimes we think that we're out there trying to help others and heal others but we're not we're just only constantly healing ourselves and others they are just a mirror that on occasion we get to look at and we go oh i don't like that and it's not the mirror's fault for reflecting my image right and i can start i can start to see like okay well that girl is not that girl that girl is allowing me she's serving as a mirror for me to see something that i got to work on and then i go work on that because it is really fun to have a breakthrough i think it's exciting other people's publics so you can go in someone's group and here's what I'm never going to ask you to do. I'm never going to ask you to be an asshole. And I never even want you to share any links. Come book a shoot with me. Come none of that is completely unnecessary. Right? Because the the reason actors people fall in love with actors is because Actors are not asking you to buy a course. Actors are not asking you to actors are entertaining you. They're they're doing interviews. They're talking about their amazing careers and adventures. They're talking about the new movie, their new endeavors. They're talking about what the hell ever. But what they're never doing is selling you like I will sell you how to become an actor like me. Matter of fact, I only know the platform of Masterclass. Um that has celebrities and well-known people who are teaching and I was part of this I had a membership for a while and while the classes are really informative and they give you a lot of value they're not going to change your life it's more like this is my experience it's more like you're talking you are watching an interview by someone you admire right like I I watch some of the trainings on advertising on persuasion and negotiation I watch uh shows on cooking I watch a variety of things that I was interested in but I did not become a chef I did not become you know I didn't start an advertising agency these were for me that it sets a more of a, of an aspirational inspirational and um aspirational inspirational motivational and also like it gives you the type of proof that you want right so if i see nothing but if i see nothing but really successful artists all around me then my my mind is going to be like oh look at all the success look at all these artists right so we're naturally going to gravitate towards that anyways other people's public OPP means that you don't necessarily have other people's pussy, right? Like you're not married, you're not in a relationship, you're not the girlfriend. You are someone that comes in and delivers pleasure. <laughs> and that's all. That's that's the commitment. The commitment is like I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give you this dick. I'm going to give you this pleasure. I'm gonna, mm. and um and then that's it, right? And now, it's a little bit more sexual, obviously. But in the context of other people's public, this is not necessarily new. Um, I've actually thought about this and learned about this for some time now. It's just I never understood or wanted to implement it in a way that feels aligned, which it does now. So also learn to be patient with yourself. Sometimes 
you get an, an idea and it needs a little bit of maturity before you like completely um, start acting on it. And when, you come, when it comes to other people's publics, consider that a group, right? Imagine a group that has 30,000 people. You come in from the get, from Jump, put a beautiful photo of yourself, put a beautiful bio and say, I'm new to this community. I got curious about it. Be sincere. Always be sincere and honest. If it's not, if you're not sincere and honest, then don't use this strategy because this is not going to work unless it's honest. That is the secret sauce. Um, so, but you can make an introductory posing like, hey guys, I am a Janice. I am a metaphysical um, enthusiast as well as a freak about the esoteric. And I also happen to combine all that stuff with marketing and branding photography. I've been working in the fashion industry um, for in commercial work for over 20 years before I decided that I prefer to work with mystics and entrepreneurs and intuitives. And so I can like sell myself without selling my services. I can create, right? Because the thing about creating fame is to invite people into your world, into your universe. So you have to create, if you are bringing someone from uh, one planet to another, from Earth to like Saturn or Venus, if you, you have an, an entire different galaxy, then you can utilize somebody else's platform to create this like rocket where you're just like, hey guys, hey, let's hang out in my rocket. And then you can come into, into my world that way. And that doesn't ever mean that you need to start your own uh, group. A lot of people build groups from groups. They'll go in a group and they'll spam it. They'll be like, come join my group where you can advertise every day. And it's just like, ah, I don't care. Um, mind you, like I said, there's a lot of things that used to work that may not be working now. And there's also a lot of things that work, but they work on an individual level. They work with someone who likes the strategy and, and has a strategy that feels in alignment with their values and even their ethics. Okay, and you have to agree that going into a group that already has 30,000 people who is they're fairly engaged and putting an introductory post like that, that is already, when you are creating uh, fame and you're not just focused on selling, and I would even say focus on fame before you focus on selling really intently because when you have nothing to sell, then people are more receptive to you because the energy is like, oh, this person doesn't want anything from me. If you're trying to sell, even though you could be like cute and sincere and all that stuff, there's still an energy that's being felt in the the psychic in the psychic field. In the psychic field, we all get a feeling like, mm, I don't know, I don't trust you, or yes, or whatever. We're all always getting um, of a feeling about something in this other level beyond the senses. But doesn't that seem a lot easier to generate fame from a group that already has 30,000 people versus creating a group where you have 30 people, if that, and they're not even engaged? Trust me, I've been there, I've done it. it, it it's not fun. <laughs> so, and when you, sometimes for me, I created a group and it was, wanted it to be really engaging and really cool and it just wasn't, probably because my energy wasn't about it. I was probably doing out of it, doing it out of obligation, which, you know, makes sense that it didn't succeed. But anyways, this is not a new concept. This is a concept that um, even at the most basic level, it is the, it is, it could be, 
it could be responsible for someone's success, right? Because it also has the power of association. If you go into a group that has 30,000 people and you start to um, contribute and generate content and help, right? Like literally help, give tips, you know, boost the algorithm, comment, like, and, and be very generous, right? You're going to stand out to the leader of that group, and that leader is going to remember you and they're going to be like, man, because of people like Ajanis, my group is super fun and I'm super grateful for that, right? Because that within itself is an energy exchange. So you are secretly, not, um, not because you are like, um, you know, have some type of sinister thing going on, but at the same time, simultaneously, when you go into a group that is already built, that is already engaged, and you introduce yourself and you start to contribute and you really start to give from the heart because you know, here's the thing, you know your client is there. That's why you want to give from the heart. You don't want to just go in there and go fishing and grab clients. No, you want to go in there because your client is there and you need her to see that connecting with you is freaking dope, that it could possibly be the best decision you know, so you need to be, you need to be seen. People need to see you. So just go to somewhere where there's already people looking. That leader is going to be grateful that you are helping in the group by simply contributing. So you're going to be visible to the audience and you're going to be not only visible to the leader, but she is going to feel naturally a sense of gratitude, even if she never tells you, right? Um, Because that's how we feel when people say positive things, when people contribute, when people help us. And it's, it requires discipline. It requires to do this because you know it's the right thing to do and not because it's a strategy. The right thing to do is to go into an audience that needs to hear your powerful message and share that message. Why would you work on building an audience when there's so many people who've already built it and they would be grateful for your contribution and literally is more collaborative environment and it could propel your 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 fame into like you know stardom really quickly imagine there's a group of 80,000 people imagine there's a group of 10,000 people imagine there's another group 500 people and the reason why I throw these numbers around is because the number the size of the group it it is not as relevant as the engagement so if you have 500 people nobody's engaged or you have 500 people and everybody's engaged right like those things kind of kind of matter because it could matter to the algorithm right well engagement right but it's, it needs to matter to you, not because of engagement or the algorithm. It needs to matter to you because you want to go to supply water where there's thirst. You don't want to supply water at the water fountain. So what you want to do is you want to find people that need your solution, right? You need to find the people that need you, but you're not going to manipulate people into needing you. You simply are going to be extra um, sensitive to understanding the needs of those that need you. And that's why you need to be a public figure. That's why you need to get in front of them. They need to see you that with your help and their support, that basically that you are the answer that they've been praying for. Because I believe the answer comes through 
and for people, right? So it comes through you for someone else or it comes through them for you. I think that we live in a collaborative environment. We cannot but help it. Now, do I, need, do I think that you need um, anyone else in the world to succeed? No. I just think that is part of how we enjoy the process. There's other ways of finding um, an audience and they could be pretty lucrative and they could be pretty um, awesome and it could feel very generous. One of the ways that you can do this is through um, having email partners. So email partners is another one of the strategies where instead of you building an email list, you make a um, you have a relationship, make a connection with a business where you guys share the same audience, but you are not in direct competition, right? So for me, it would look like I work with mystics, but I'm not um, I'm not an intuitive coach. So I can go into this audience and just be like, hey, every single one of you, I can provide a service for and the leader and the person is not going to be negatively affected. You know, we, we don't want to um, create an offer, first of all, because you're not going to be able to get any partners that way. But second of all, because that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you to go into an environment that is already fulfilled. They're already fed, right? You need to go into a market that needs you. And when it comes to like a market that needs you, I don't want you to think so much survival, like, oh, they're starving and you need to feed them. I want you to think in the context of desire, um, luxury bags, luxury hotels, luxury houses, they don't exist because they serve function. They serve beauty. They serve desire. Is it functional? Yeah, you can build function into luxury. But their primary thing is um, an aesthetic, a high value for aesthetic and experience. So how do you approach an email partner? Um... It's a little bit different than being in a Facebook group because in a Facebook group, you can just start contributing without selling and just become more known. Um, in an email, you know, you have to create a friendship, a relationship with a partner and it has to be mutually beneficial. So usually what I recommend is um, find someone that has a robust email list, Right could be 500 and again the numbers are so arbitrary because for me someone could be like I have a I have a, a list of a hundred thousand and I'm like cool I can only take care of two clients a month in the photography sense at a high level so thanks for that overwhelming amount of people but I don't need that and that could actually set me back if I am not careful, right? Sometimes we can do get a, a result so big and extraordinary that we don't we didn't create the, the foundational structure to hold it, to contain it. Not the in the spiritual sense and not even in the physical sense. Okay, so um my recommendation is find people that um you can partner with in emails. And uh, let's say that's 500 people that they have in their email. And they have a high success rate with openings. It doesn't matter, right? You just got to be smart. Got to be a smart businesswoman. Your mystic use, your intuitive uh, abilities, get the shit done, right? But it's really cool because you can connect with someone who has a robust email list. And you guys can make an agreement that maybe once a month, that an entire email goes out about your product. And what you do with the, you know, the owner of the list is... I recommend this 
Um, you could do free, you could do exchange, you could see I do this for you, you do this for me. But I am only I'm always going to ask you to give people money if you can, especially if you're making money, if you are making money, pay people, get in the habit of doing that. <clears throat> I feel like we're so like, free, 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 right? You're charging $10,000. But your deliveries on Facebook for free, come on, we got to do better. Let's do better. Why not? That's not luxurious at all. <laughs> So anyways, if you're starting out, you can do free and exchange. Um, but I would I just recommend that you create um, an affiliate. You can say, hey, um, I would love to offer your specific, um, you know, your clients um, something exclusive once a month. You enter into this agreement. They shout you out once a month to the email list. And anybody that buys, they get commission. They make money. So um, it's a really cool way to kind of have an email campaign and not have an email list. Um, I don't, I don't want to tell you anything that is like, this is a good practice or a bad practice. Um, I want to eliminate the word good or bad because it is irrelevant. These may be bad tactics, but these are things that have worked for me, things I believe in and basically the OPP, right? Other people's public. So that's, a, that's one way to do it. Another really strategic and awesome way that I've heard about and that I'm currently in the process of doing as well because I'm trying all the things myself is to go on different podcasts and get interviews. Um, again, the idea is the same. Now, I think that locking um, a, a cool interview with a high-level podcast is not necessarily something that you can acquire from the jump unless you have a really strong differentiator and you're coming out like no one else is saying what I'm saying, then you have a strong power to say, um, look, I have no credentials in the sense of nobody knows who I am. I have no social proof, but look at what I'm talking about. And then you can substantiate that with whatever proof you have and really become help them be someone that discovers like a new thing they're like oh my god today i have the most incredible guest she is a creator of blah 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 right um you get to go on people's podcasts that have an engaged audience and talk about your experience and build that rapport and uh, you can tell people like hey if you want to listen to my podcast if you want to connect with me and you can create awareness that way what's cool about that is kind of the same thing um where you are both developing a relationship with the leader or with the owner of the list of the group and you are re um, creating a relationship with the group itself two for one i want to give you an example of how this has helped me so there was a particular group that i was very engaged in i this was not strategy i wasn't like i'm gonna be engaged in this group no, I became really engaged in that group because I literally was having fun in that group. I really was having fun because it was ran by Edward and Edward is super fun. So like my um, my desire was more pure. It wasn't just like I am going to utilize this. Now you can be strategic, but you don't have to be rigid. You don't have to be like, I. this is the group. Like you can lead with these um, ideas and these tactics very organically in the sense that there's a lot of things that I'm trying out I'm not trying them all out at all at once and I am waiting for alignment 
for that strategy. For example, I did not start the podcast interview strategy um, until I did this thing that I'm talking to you about. And I did this thing completely, purely, sincerely. It wasn't a strategy. I wasn't like, I'm going to jump on this this group. But it was a fun group. I like to contribute. I like to share. It was fun. It made me laugh. It was super fun. So I got this badge, like top contributor. And I was like, oh my God, I felt special right away. And I then had the desire to contribute even more. As a result of just naturally contributing, um, this the, the person who leads the group, he's really awesome. And he's already given me so much value. First of all, he's got really incredible, fun, and easy to apply tips um, that you can right away ingest and apply in your business and make a massive difference. But what I thought was really cool was his willingness to help, even though he's selling courses and programs. And I'm sure that if I paid him, um, his course would blow me away. But there is something about just this this innate um, desire to give and to and to um, reward someone um, as a result of the fact that they've helped us in some way. Like, oh, my God, like you're boosting my my algorithm you're creating content for me you're making this page more fun and there's a natural gratitude and i never he never has to be like i'm so grateful you're here i just feel appreciated in that space and then i am naturally guided to do things for that space none of it is um artificially orchestrated right it's very organic but it is something that once you see the proof once you see how it works you can replicate and continue. You're like, whoa, I'm going to find another group that's really, really fun. And here, this is how it's going to make your life super streamlined and easy. Any group that does not bring you joy, I don't care how fucking big it is, get out of it. Nothing that doesn't bring you joy should be cramping your style and certainly not gunking up your social media wall and thread. Like, no. I always say curate your feed. So yeah, maybe it will hurt someone's feelings if you unfriend them, unfollow them, and you'll just have to deal with that discomfort. But if their content is trash, you don't want to see it, you don't want to look at it, you don't have to stop acting like people care whether you follow them or not. They don't. They don't even realize you've unfollowed them half the time. And you will be doing them a favor because every time you see their content and they annoy you, unconsciously you're sending them bad vibes right time to grow up time to cut it out okay so we got emails we got podcasts right just gonna go on different people's podcasts there is a strategy to the podcast i'm gonna share it right here with you go from least popular to most popular right so you want to start doing podcast interviews um i would even say at first with anyone that resonates with your message for me, I can go on a podcast about photography. I can go on a podcast about branding. I can go on a podcast about manifestation, about metaphysics, about law of attraction, about spirituality. I can speak on boudoir photography. I can speak on commercial photography. Do you understand that at first, I can speak on what the fuck I want, right? As long as it's within my expertise, because we don't want to deviate too far from making sure that we are aligning to our ideal customer base, our ideal clients, right? And so if I start talking about something really cool, but it has nothing to do with my business, I'm not going to be generating momentum in the right direction. Mind you, 
that's why at first it's really advantageous that you work with um, maybe podcasts that are not necessarily super popular. This is where you get your sea legs, right? You get to practice what it's like to be in dialogue. I am a person, I don't know if you noticed, I talk a lot and I talk a lot nonstop. Um, learning to do interviews, it is a skill that you need to acquire and develop. When to pause, when to let other people talk. Um, if you forget the questions, how to remember the answers, how to be natural, how to be entertaining, um, how to be yourself. All these things are things that you are going to learn in the process. And so it would be an, an easier for you to go into a podcast that maybe doesn't have that many listeners. And that's okay. And then you can be a little ranty and a little rambly and figure it out. Eh? But you get to be proud of every single step along the way. And since you're not, it's not your podcast, you're not building the audience itself, you're just literally becoming a contributor, right? You're just contributing. So imagine going on, let's do some basic math. So let me put up my calculator. Just do some basic math. Imagine that you go on one podcast per year, I mean, per month, which means you did 12 podcast interviews, right? A couple shitty ones, a couple medium ones, a couple fantastic ones. And out of every single podcast interview that you did, you got one client and 50 new followers. All right, so let's put that 50, engage, times 12. That's 600 from People that were already there, already want your product, already believe in what you do, already trust the, the, their guide, their mentor. The moment you connect yourself to them, you acclimate to that exact level. You're no longer like just some random that person that's just at, at giving photography. If I connected myself with like someone like, um, I'm going to say a celebrity because I want you all to be able to know who I'm talking about. I was thinking about some coaches, but I was like, what if people don't know? Whether What if they're not that famous? But let's say that I connected myself with Lady Gaga. Let's say that I you saw a photo of me with Lady Gaga and I said something like, love my clients. That's it. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean that Lady Gaga is my client. That's just very deceptive photography. right? But let's just say that that was true. How do you think people are going to feel about you if you are in a photo with Lady Gaga and maybe perhaps they get the impression that you're either colleagues, friends, clients, it doesn't even quite matter, but you are directly connected with one of the most powerful forces in the world. What is that going to do for you? Just by credentials alone, you're going to go from nobody to somebody overnight. Now, we all know that that's, that's, a, that's an illusion, but I also think it's very possible. I think it's very possible for you to have 200 uh, followers one day and then have 1,000 the next day. I totally believe that's possible. That's not, if, that's, if that's not even hard. Okay. Now, it might take some time, but it is possible. Let's continue. Okay, we get emails, podcast, Facebook groups. What else? Well, any other type of environment that um, already has a group of people 
Here are some other that may not be as popular meetups. Meetups are not as popular, I think, at least not for me, because they're in person. But there is something really powerful about in-person um, um, containers because of the morpho field. I am not going to stop stressing how important that field is. So when you do your your mapping when you're mapping out your fame when you're just like these are the tactics and strategies that feel good they feel aligned this is what i'm gonna do i'm excited then it all is with tons of purpose right when you're in the morpho field you have a group a group of people who are primed to making your system work just by being in that field with each other it's just massively powerful because that means you get better testimonials. That means you actually indeed do not need to run your own groups. Um, you can use the strategy for the rest of your life. You can always use other people's public. You can always use the OPP. Always and forever. Now, some people may say, but don't you want to have your own group where you can advertise them and whatever? Yeah, like maybe someday that could be something to look at. But we can't get overwhelmed and distracted by the someday coulda woulda shoulda you need to be like what is in front of me to do what is that what is at hand right and the bible says the kingdom of god is within or, or like salvation is at hand i don't remember but something about being on your hands right which means um you're within your capability the thing is that there is limitations to what we think we we need or have or can do so that first phase is always to be a level of limitation and the next phase is to be yet another level of, it, of limitation when i was dealing with a narcissistic relationship i never realized that i had other narcissistic relationships before i thought that was my first one and i was like flabbergasted um it was hard um it's still hard it's it's really crazy um and it took a lot of crying tears screaming and then deep levels of compassion and wanting to understand to even survive uh this type of relationship and if you've ever dealt with like a real narcissist not just like a some like an asshole and i'm like someone who's got this mental medical not mental um, personality um distortion whatever it may be anyways hard it's hard and it wasn't only until i realized that maybe my mom had aspects and traces of narcissism because it is a personality that develops um, as a result of some trauma and some painful events it is a survival mechanism and sometimes like yes ask like psychopaths and um narcissists they're hard to deal with but compassion is not asking you to do easy things right compassion is like compassion is almost like if you can see beyond the illusion of like evil if you can see the origin if you can see the start you will always see the same start the, the, the beginning is that there is a person who experienced a level of pain that shifted their perspective and their journey hopefully is to shift back into power and we don't get to decide what type of journey other people are on just like we don't want someone to be like you should do this. And you're like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick for myself. I'm gonna, I, I cannot imagine somebody saying to me like, you're not gonna be an artist anymore. You're gonna be a nurse because I'm gonna be like, no, I'm not. So it's it's the same thing. It's like we can't really tell people what to do, even if we think we we know. And even if we know, it's probably more that 
it became known to us not that we know i knew she was going to be this it's almost like no you were you were in a frequency that allowed you to see and have access to this wisdom this knowledge this information okay so i think i've hammered it in pretty hard other people's the opp effect who is down with opp um let's implement this right away and i don't want you to make the same mistake or doing all the things i'm gonna go in the podcast and i'm gonna go in email i'm on facebook i just want you to pick one i want you to pick the path of least resistance which means which of the activities would you hate the least right would you like the most if you like to be on facebook in groups contributing and laughing and making jokes and being an entertainer um i would say create an entire strategy around that because you like it and see like become your own guinea pig and say okay i'm going to dedicate this focus attention to taking care of my fame in this group or in a couple of groups and test and experiment and just give without wanting to get anything especially without wanting to get a client just give because all you need to receive at this as this point with creating fame for yourself and stepping into that sacred spotlight all you need is eyeballs on you all you need right now is eyeballs it don't matter if they like the, the, the comment. It don't matter if they comment it. It don't matter if they post, don't post. It doesn't matter because it's called reach. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody you have access to will see your stuff. But because you can't control certain parts of the algorithm. I also know that I think inside the Facebook groups, the algorithm is different. It's not like the public part. I don't know. I don't care. Pick something that you're just like, okay. I can commit to this. I can commit to podcasting and going on interviews. Let me tell you something. It, it, this path is easy, but it's not. The pre-work is not easy. When me, my clients, or anybody else has to create this podcast um, path, um, uh, you have to sometimes pay, which I am doing, which is paying to be matched up with um, with interviews. Because I think that you, if you have money, you should pay for your solutions. I still to this day will never understand why we pray for money, why we beg God for money, and when we have it, we don't use it. It's a little nuts. Um, so anyways, the first thing that I did before I paid for it, I had to literally ask people, are you looking for podcast interviews? Are you looking? Are you looking? You know, I just had to just get out there and start to do um, small little groups. People that were just like, oh, I have a I have a podcast. Let's do it. And I, and I don't care about the... the how many downloads they have because um again the only results the only thing we're looking for is eyeballs which is not something we can truly measure we can measure certain aspects of reach but there there's times that i've seen things that i didn't say, you know comment or liked or anything and i saw it i became aware of somebody's name and that's all we're doing this is called an awareness campaign and this is all that we're doing at first is just letting people see where that we're here now i don't suggest that you tell them i'm here and buy my shit because that is what creates a lot of hesitation in building rapport so build rapport you know the sales will come um fame always hi fame always leads to money right like think about it if you have 500 followers and you sell something for a dollar and five people buy, you got $5. But if you have a million followers, 
and 5,000 people buy something for $1, you have $5,000. I'm not saying that these numbers are realistic. We're just utilizing numbers so we can play in the field. Sometimes we just use numbers to quantify things, but we cannot quantify experiences. We can only experience them. So all these things that I told you are the fastest way to shortcut to um, being in a public, you know, having a public to talk to. Um, but they do require time. Is that sweat equity, right? If you are going to be in somebody's container, you're going to contribute. You're going to give them um, attention. You're going to help them. And you're not going to go in it to get something. You're going to go in it because sacred fame is about you doing your duty. It's about you becoming visible so you can be a force. And I want you to really anchor this into your soul. You know, create an affirmation that is something along the lines of my presence, people just see in my name, just people see in my face, just people coming across my content, even for a second is all they ever need i am that powerful i am that healer that my very presence creates dynamic change in somebody and they never knew what hit them and i never know the impact that i am truly having but i know that that is the desire and that's the intention and so that is it. If you have any questions or any comments, let me know. Find me on Instagram at Janice Morero. You can almost also find me on Facebook and connect with me there. I've been more active in Facebook lately. And we'll be still exploring and creating this fame together. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed it and learned something that can take you from diamond in the rough to crown jewel. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this show, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back for our next juicy discussion, of course, about metaphysics, photography, and anything in between. Until then... Find me pretty stars. Bon voyage.